Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you. On a Thursday morning, thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Big Point. Well, that would be a little a weird. Brew Point. Brew point or big no 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 big brew big brew yeah big just have brew. just have like a gigantic coffee cup like right when you drive into town you just see it yeah. it's like massive coffee cup that that's the skyscraper and I, I want it to be one of those that's got like the coffee flowing at all time you know what I'm saying yeah like a little waterfall like, like okay so no no we're changing it up one more time coffee pot giant coffee pot flowing into a giant coffee cup yeah, that'd be great yeah. There I mean, it is. Million dollar idea. Probably cost a million dollars. It's cost a million dollars just to get the thing. Yeah. But regardless of all that, I uh, want to remind you guys today all three Strange Brew locations Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starville and in Tuscaloosa and Brupolo in Tupelo. It'd be a little. No, never mind. I've already done it once. You don't have to do it twice. You're good. They will all be giving 15% of their sales to the Palmer Home as part of our Palmer Home Radiothon, which is going on today all day on Super Talk Mississippi. So if you want to help us out, just swing by your favorite coffee place and grab a coffee. 15% of that goes to our friends at the Palmer Home. We need that money there. They are a great organization, a faith-based organization. They don't take government donations. Please help them out with a donation if you can. And if not, you can always go buy a coffee at Strange Brew Coffee House. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. You're looking for some for yourself or your family? They've got you. If you're looking for some for your car, no problem. Some for the tailgate? Absolutely. Some for the house? We're stocked up. They've got it all. It's all Mississippi State stuff. It's all right there. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area, Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, Flowood by the Half Shell, or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, where Robbie and I are approximately one hour and eight minutes away from eating as we sit here today. On I'm, a, I'm starving right I'm, now. I'm really hungry. This might be a good podcast because we might just be like, you know what? Why don't you just go bleep yourself? Why don't you just get out of here? Because we're both going to be hungry. I'm starving. Now let's go eat. I skipped, I skipped breakfast today. I had a, uh, I had a, a doctor's appointment. So, hey, You're really hungry. You know, you know who's happy to see me today? My cardiologist. He walked in. He's like, you've lost weight. Good. There you go. It's like, good, you fat piece of... I'm so glad. You're wearing the green shirt. Okay. It's so this, back out of the it's closet. Back. It's it back in the rotation. It was collecting dust. This shirt, I have. I, I legitimately don't think I've worn it in like four years. It is the shirt, that the infamous picture that where I you're pointing at me. That I look terrible in that, that picture. That is the shirt you You need to delete that, that, and we need to replace it with a new picture. 
of we me could. in this shirt. We could. It was it was early morning at, at, at a baseball media. It was baseball day. media days. Yeah, and you, you were waiting on your donuts. As was I. I was waiting on donuts. Yeah. I like donuts. Me too. Donuts are good. Also like restaurant Tyler. I'm going black and catfish today. Ooh, that sounds good. Actually, so, I was so. thinking the, the boneless fried chicken, but I don't know. I, I got a, I got an idea for catfish. By the way, I want your thoughts. I'm going to find a no context flare video, and the, the my caption is going to be what I'm going to tell the catfish at Seafood Junction. And it's going to be, none of you can be first, but a whole bunch of you can be next. That plate's going to be stacked up to here, buddy. I can't wait. All you can eat. This, if, this is the last, if this is the last one, I'm going out in style. One of us is going to knock down an old lady getting to the front of the line. I mean, it's just out of the way, Grandma. That's like, my fried shrimp. Like George Costanza yeah. when the yeah. place was <laughs> burning down. on fire. Exactly. I won't eat out of the garbage can, though, like George did. All right. We say all that to say we're going to restaurant Tyler for lunch, and we're very excited. Uh, last one, uh, Priority One Bank. I was like, what is the last one? Don't remember. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout Central Mississippi ready to serve. You guys go to PriorityOneBank.com and open an account. That's going to serve you for a long time. When you, when you have a financial decision, do you want to talk to people from a corporation who you've never met and, and they have no connection to you? Or do you want to talk to the people you know in your community that you go to church with, that you eat lunch with? That you see at at the store. That's who you want to talk to. That's what you get with Priority One Bank. They are a local bank, and banking locally is just as important as eating locally and shopping locally. So open an account today to serve your your family and your future with Priority One Bank. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. We'll start with baseball today. Um, Major League Baseball draft has ended. I feel like Mississippi State was as undamaged by the draft as they could have probably hoped to have been. The only one, the only thing that I would consider a surprise was how high Cade Smith went, being a six-rounder. That put him in the no-doubt-he's-going-to-sign category. I thought he might be a 12th, 13th rounder and maybe have some ideas about coming back. But he won't. That'll be it for Cade Smith. And I was a little surprised that Kellum Clark was on the board as long as he was. But he's gone in the 20th round, and now he's on golf to the New York Mets, who just love them a Mississippi State Bulldog. And some of them is like the when guys, when you're, it's like right when you're starting to have thoughts, like maybe this guy could come back to school. The Mets. Or maybe this guy can come to school. The, the Mets. Mets just pop in. Like we, like we started to have a little bit of doubt on Colin Houck. Well, like I, like I yeah. started to think, why is he dropping here? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the Mets. the one team that could get, that could get his money at that point yeah. was the Mets. Will Salmon just gets somebody gets into somebody's ears. He had a t texted me. He's like, I'm never going to stop talking to John Cohen. Basically, there like, you yeah. go. That's, that's that's how it goes. And then they and then uh, last year they drafted Jet Williams. They drafted Jet Williams. JT Ginn. Remember JT Ginn? We kind of thought there yeah. was a time frame. We thought maybe he might come back yeah. because his asking price is pretty high. Yeah. The, the Mets, Mets took him and like they have a literal like multi round or something. Yeah. yeah. No, it was third. It was second round. Was it second yeah. round? Okay. Yeah. Maybe so. Anyway, he actually got more money. They also took Mangum and Cole Gordon. They did. So and those guys weren't coming back, but but still, still they took them. They, they right. but Buck Showalter knows. You know, like, get me a Mississippi State guy. Make it. I happen. think the answer is Jet Butler. Jet Butler is a big part of that too. Oh, and they know it's he's all. Been, he's been scouting for the Mets all for a while. The, it's all and, part of the plan. Yeah. So so, Colin Houck, uh, Aiden Williams. Did I get that right? Aiden Smith. Smith. Why did I have Williams in my head? You're an Ole Miss fan. Who's Aiden Williams? Isn't he the wide receiver? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am not. How dare you? 
spent all that time with what, Cross what and is, Borky. What is sitting over there on that chair? They're Mississippi State jerseys. So i got to tell you something. I'm, I'm going to put this out there. I mean, if I get into trouble, just so, just so that way. So we had a little confusion, and so they took me into this like uniform room, right? Mm-hmm. They, like, they had uniforms ready for me, but they were in an office that was locked. So they were trying to find somebody with a key, and they were like, well, we have these other uniforms. I was like, let's just go look in case we can't find a key. So I grabbed the stuff, and they're like, all right, do you need anything else? And I was like, yeah, I need something for me. <laughs> Did you get something? I took, I took a Pfizer. <laughs> Oh well, a visor. Yeah, that's all I wanted. What I mean, what what shirt are they going to have in there that fits me? I don't know, but like I don't, I just don't see you wearing a visor. Oh, I'm very much a visor guy. You're a visor guy. Yeah, I, I wore a hat so long at Papa big, John's. Big Steve Spurrier guy. Yeah, absolutely. So I was, I, I pulled my inner Denzel there. I was just like, yeah, I'm from around the way. I, <laughs> I'm leaving with something. <laughs> so. So I got Cross taken care of. Do not miss today on Super at Super Talk TV. Go to supertalk.fm and click the Watch Live link. You will see Richard absolutely draped in maroon and white. It's going to be fantastic. Is he going to be wearing a sweater vest underneath? I, what I really wanted to do was, because he hates the black baseball uniforms, Oh. I wanted to get like a full uniform. I wanted like, I, I thought about this early on. Like all black. Get him, put him in the nickel blacks. And oh. I thought I was like, if I could have pulled that off, I would have petitioned to have the show outside. <laughs> like we're gonna sit out in the sun. That's gonna be excellent seeing him. Like he's gonna, he's but gonna I, start yeah. wanting to as it act, is all maroon. He's gonna start wanting to actually mow his own grass. <laughs> uh, I don't he, know. He might. Be, I'm sure he mows his own grass. He owns a landscaping company. Yeah, he probably has, like, his, what he we, has his people do it. What are you talking about? His, his people. I'll have my people. Do exactly. It. Aiden okay. Smith. Aiden Smith was his name. Uh, there we go. Uh, and then Back on track here. Any other signees go? That was it, right? Uh, that was it. Okay, Colin so that, Halk and Aiden Smith. And those were two guys that pretty much throughout the process you had a flag on that you're like, these are probably not coming yeah. to start for. Aiden Smith was was a guy you were starting to feel a little more confident about. Mm-hmm. But I think when all this stuff started happening, the Tim Doolin thing, mm-hmm. where the, uh, there's apparently a blow-up between Tim Doolin and Mississippi State, just like it was with him and Ole Miss, this seems to be a common theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and and everybody that's kind of tied to him in some form or fashion, it's, it's starting to create this paranoia around Mississippi State people. Um and I think I don't, I'm not saying that he was the reason that Aiden Smith didn't come to school, but I do think that might have helped that decision a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he's at least going to sign for for five hundred thirty thousand dollars, which yeah. I don't think he's going to sign for that. I think he's going to sign for more. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to have a pretty good payday, and that's that's a reasonable dollar figure for a high school kid. To, to turn down college. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah. If you think about it. And you're going to have people, well, you know, after taxes, as long as, well, I mean, it's still a lot of money. These are the same people I'm like, if I offer, okay, if I said I'm going to give you $500,000 and it's going to be taxed and everything, but I'm going to give it to you, are you going to turn it down? No. You're going to be like, well, I don't know, it's a lot of headache. You know, it's really not that much money. No, you're not. And you're going to go buy day, a new like, truck is what you're going to do. I mean, here's the thing, like, you have to always think about, like, they're going to pay for their college. Yeah. If they want to come back and get a degree, mm-hmm. they can come get a degree. Yeah. It's not like, you know, these guys are going to be out on the street after their pro career. That's another common fan theme of 
That money's gone. Then what do you do? Well, you go get a job. Like they every have, other American does. Yeah. They have $500,000 more than what you had when you when entered you started, school. You started, you're, you're assuming, you know. <laughs> so this person is going to go to school and have already made a living. Yeah. And is going to be also going to school to make another living. Yeah. I mean, it's. I can't be mad at a kid for right. turning down college no, you can't. to go to the pros for like four, five hundred thirty, which I I think he's going to make over six hundred. I don't yeah. I don't know the exact number, but yeah, he'll probably I feel like he's going to sign yeah. over slot. Yeah. So that leaves uh, in the terms of the names of players that you thought may or may not be picked. Um, Casey Hunt, Monty Larry, Aaron Nixon. Mm-hmm. Now our good friend Steve Robertson reporting earlier today on, uh, or I'm sorry, last night even on uh, on twenty four seven. That KC probably going to get a free agent offer and take it. I feel bad for KC Hunt. He was what a twelfth rounder last year. Uh, I don't know if he was that. I think that's right. Got remember, there's only twenty rounds. Higher. Yeah, but you think he was higher? No, no. I mean, well, like a higher round number, like a, like lower. I guess is what it would be. I'll have to look, but uh, I thought he was like nineteenth round or something. I could 12th? be wrong. I'm right. It was twelfth. Twelfth. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Yeah. It. I mean, it just didn't work it just out. It wasn't a good. It didn't work out. But. Yeah. Same guy. If he can go in there and make a difference, he will. He's going to sign a free agent deal. Larry and Nixon are expected back. Nixon's huge because that that guy can be your closer. He was the one, like one of the two pitchers last year that, for the most part, was okay. Well, he was he was the only guy that had an under three yard yeah. average on the Once entire team. Once he stopped beating guys, he was pretty good. It, it was you know he was he was really good. Like and that was a guy that. Was just getting kind of into his groove again. He had an injury early on in the season, and he didn't have a great year the year before at Texas. He's transferred, and the entire year he was solid. He the one game he had that really wasn't that good outside of the game he he had just gotten back and was hitting people was the Auburn game, um, that that kind of disastrous game for Mississippi State. Um, he he didn't. Nobody pitched well right. in that game. But other than that, I mean, he was a guy that when he came in the ball game, it wasn't quite landing Sims, but it was as close to a closer as Mississippi State could have. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's huge for the Bulldogs getting him back for another year and adding other pieces that they're going to get back as well as as big also. And I think Amani Larry's. I you're getting a two eighty seven hitter in. in in the SEC that started almost every game last year, who led the team in steals, was solid at second base. Who could be upset about that? Right. It's it's good to have him back. The only question becomes, you know, you and I, I think we're already sort of planning on Mershon moving to second and Dylan Cup taking that shortstop spot. Yeah. I think sometimes people get caught up with the with 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 freshmen like, well, he was supposed to come in and he can DH. Yeah, like I, I don't think Dylan Cup's gonna be mad if he's the starting DH week one, or if you know, or Ronnie if Larry's Larry the DH. DH. Yeah, I mean, yeah. as long as you're getting at bats, everybody's fine. I mean, I think people think that you know, if he doesn't play, he's gonna he's transfer. Gonna, he's gonna transfer before the season starts. Well, I mean, Ronnie Larry's about to go out the door, yeah. and then you have a sophomore potential superstar mm-hmm. and Dylan Cup, right? And he's a guy. I think he understands the process. He's a very heady kid. I mean, he's been playing baseball at a high level for a long time. I think his family understands everything. Who's to say he comes in here and, and is batting like 198 in year one? I mean, yeah. what he can't figure it out. Right. 
that that happens all the time with freshmen. And Dakota Jordan got off to a jump. slow start, yeah. and then I mean Ross Highfield was not setting the world on fire at the plate last year, right? And, and he didn't have a great year behind the plate, right? And he's a really good player. Yeah, I think you're going to see a time period where Dylan Cup is kind of stuck in mud. I, 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 it's just not that easy yeah. for guys to come into the SEC and be superstars. It's, and that's that is true of every sport. Yeah, so he could come in and be uh, Jacob Gonzalez. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, we'll that see. remains to be seen. We'll have to see. But one thing that people have told me that have followed his career is that it might take a little bit of time for him to get it together mm-hmm. offensively. But when he does, he's going to be special. Mm-hmm. Defensively, he's already there. Defensively, yeah. he could go. He could go out there immediately and be a really good defender mm-hmm. in the middle infield. Yeah, but offensively. You're going to be facing a, most of the guys. You're going to be facing the SEC. You're throwing 95 plus. Mm-hmm. They got a really good slider. They got a really good changeup. They're they're going to have the the bid on you. Mm-hmm. So it's not always, it's not going to be easy for him to come in here and be immaculate right away. So I would like to have that option of having a fourth year guy mm-hmm. that has started in the SEC 50 plus games. Mm-hmm. In there with David Machine that started in the SEC twenty plus games or whatever, and have that experience there and bring along Dylan Cup Cup slowly. I, I, think I agree one hundred percent. I don't think that's a bad thing. No, I agree one hundred percent. You know what else Dylan Cup could do? Go out there right now and lay down a bunt. He could go out he there and throw, throw Uncle Charlie first. I could do that. Well. Yeah. I could do that right now. One hundred percent. So all in all, for Mississippi State, from a roster standpoint, the draft went about as well as you probably could have hoped for. Mm-hmm. And now it's just about waiting out the transfer portal. So, Robbie, just go ahead and tell us now when the secret commits are going to be public. Uh, Thursday at 6.25 p.m. Mm. Set your watch. That's it's Thursday, coming. July 32nd. Yes. That's when that's going to happen. That's it, coming. So we'll see how the, the, the portal pans out. I, I would imagine. I would imagine that within the next 10 days – we have a much clearer idea, and I'm not telling you anything that I know here. I'm just I'm making I'm speculating, but within the next ten days, if that, it, now that the draft's good. done and everything, all that's left is just to get guys on campus and get them yeah. through the process. You need to get you need to get uh, Luke Holman on campus. Mm-hmm. You need to get Chase Burns on campus. Mm-hmm. You need to get Braden Montgomery. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are guys that can. They're the difference in Mississippi State being about what they were last year. Mm-hmm. And being a national seed, and I, I'm like, I'm not even, I, I don't even think I'm overstating that. You're gonna add. No, you're right. If you add Braden Montgomery, you're adding a potential first round pick that can go two ways. That makes your lineup, I think, top five in the country, if not one of the best, offensively. If you add Luke Holman, you're adding a legit Friday night starter. Mm-hmm. He's done it in the SEC. If you add Chase Burns, you're adding another dude that can. I mean, he's legit. Yeah. 100, 102, wipeout slider, pitch with command. Those three guys alone changes everything for Mississippi State. Yeah. Add in another piece or here, piece here or there, and Mississippi State's in business. And it's like I said last year, Chris Amonis didn't just, you know, suddenly forget how to coach. I don't think that. What happened to Mississippi State was because Chris Monas can't coach. Mm-hmm. They won a national championship. They didn't do that because he was sitting in the corner picking his nose. You know, he he knows what to do. I think that there's been a little bit of a talent issue. I think that's been evident by the, the MLB draft. 
There, I mean, mm-hmm. how many times have we looked up and State's got seven, eight, ten guys getting drafted? And, and this year, you're you got three guys drafted and only two of them in the top ten rounds, and you weren't really focused a, a whole lot on anybody else. I think evaluations have, you know, suffered a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, development has suffered a little bit, especially on the mound. You start getting some difference makers in there, mm-hmm. and I, I think there are several difference makers in this past class, and we saw that. I think there's a couple difference makers in this class coming up too. So you're starting to stack some really good talent, insert some transfer portal guys to kind of offset the youth, and I think you're talking about getting back to where you want to be in a hurry. And I think guys like Bray Montgomery, Luke Holman, and Chase Burns take you there. Now, you're talking about battling LSU, Tennessee, Texas A&M, teams like that, Florida possibly, for guys like this. Mm -hmm. It's it's not going to be easy. No, it's not. This this is going to be very difficult to manage. Yeah. But I I think you get one of those guys – and the other two guys are still making a decision, it makes your roster a lot more attractive. And I think this is one of those deals like Chris Simonis has got to close. They, yeah. Justin Parker, they've got to close. Yeah. This is a must. I agree. I agree. And the, and you're not doing you're no longer doing this behind the scenes. This is out there. Chase Burns is available. He's already, you know, there's coming out with who he's visiting. We already know Luke Holman's visiting LSU. I mean, everybody knows you're on these guys at this point. Mm-hmm. So now it's all about closing. I agree. All right, let's move on into the rest of the show. It's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. When you are cooking out this summer, it is summer grilling season, get after it, and you do it with beef. Because why? Why Why would I do that? Because beef is not only delicious, it's good for you. It's packed full of protein, vitamins, and nutrients. Cows eat grass. Exactly. It's all plant-based meat. Yes. That's that's the new thing these days. So get your meat from the best meat processing plants you possibly can. Mississippi beef, it's some of the best around. You need to get going this this summer on the grill with beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. When you want to talk about some great food, you talk about Two Brothers. Their menu is like no other. Great wings, great pork, the pork rind nachos. I mean, that's such a unique uh, appetizer, and it is fantastic. It's just so much good food there to be had. It's not just barbecue when you go to Two Brothers. It is smoked southern soul food, and it's also a Bulldog Initiative supporting business. Great products and great service is what every business likes to promise you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems, and they have for going on 49 years. We're at the point now. We're we're more than midway through the year, aren't we? We can we can say we're halfway there to 49 years, which means Advantage Business Systems is coming up on a on a golden anniversary of taking care of their customers. That is getting it done. When you need technology for your business, call Advantage Business Systems. If you need service on something they've sold you, you're not talking to a call center overseas. You're not talking to an out-of-state uh, worker. You're talking to somebody here in the state of Mississippi. They can fix it. Sometimes the same day. So call them at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. It's hot and humid outside, so cool off with a great sweet treat from Dolce. Perhaps the new Coffee Toffee milkshake. If you haven't had that yet, you're missing out. It, only, only our listeners know about it. The word's not out on the street yet. 
So when you go in there and you're like, hey, let me get the coffee toffee, people are going to be like, what are you talking about? What is that? Not the people who work there. Everybody else in line. You can just tell them, well, I listen to the best Mississippi State sports podcast. So I know. I know things. And that's how it's going to be. Head over to the to Dolce anytime you're feeling a little warm. Grab a milkshake, grab some gelato, grab a sweet treat, and treat yourself to Dolce 509 University Drive. Uh, let's play a song. Meet the new boss. Same as the old boss, Tyler Woodard, a very familiar name to people who follow recruiting uh, for Mississippi State. Junior college uh, defensive back, we'll just say, from East Mississippi, 6'2", 200 pounds. Yes, that is the same Tyler Woodard who was committed to Mississippi State for, for quite a while, uh, a couple of seasons ago, ends up being part of that, this, that, that. He was part of that transition for Darcel McBath between being a really good recruiter and being a really terrible recruiter. There was a time when Darcel McBath was not a good recruiter. That's right. Uh, and, and his early evaluations would, would, would be decent. He'd get some guys on board, and then he would drop them, and then he would not get the guys he wanted to get on board. And it, Woodard was one of those guys. Probably could have been at Mississippi State the past couple of years, but now he's headed that way. One of the top junior college defensive backs in the country. Junior, Juco recruiting you know, is kind of what made Mississippi State football in the late mid to, mid to late 90s. And it's so funny now with the portal, it's just not the same as it used to be. I mean, I won't be surprised if Tyler Woodard is the only JUCO player in this class. Yeah, I don't think they're going to recruit JUCO heavily. Unless the the Markel Bell kid doesn't reclassify for 2023 and decides to come to Mississippi State in 2024. Yeah. Which I don't, I mean, really the only one. I mean, I can't see that happening. Yeah, me either. But yeah, it's, I mean, JUCO is kind of like, your fallback now. I mean, yeah. it, it made sense to go get him, and he's a former state commitment. He's good enough, and I, you know, EMCC I think is uh, is a really good junior college. Obviously, that's filtering out and putting out some really Great good players. players. Yeah. So I mean, it's it makes sense for you. And it's funny. It's like I don't feel like the the quality of talent has gone down in JUCO. I feel like there's still a lot of good quality players to be had there. But schools are just so picky about it now. So, you know, a guy who maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, would have gotten a ton of SEC offers, might only get like one now. And then he'll have a bunch of group of five offers. And and then, you know, you sort of work the portal from there. You take an offer to go to like, just off the top of my head, Troy. And then if you're good enough, show off at Troy, you you might might be able to transfer to an SEC school. It feels like Juco... Players at some point have become sort of it's like another stop, you know. It's not like JUCO and then to to the SEC. JUCO is part of the destination. But I think this is a good pickup for State with Woodard. Uh, State now sitting at 16 commitments. Uh, no no composite rating for uh, for Woodard yet. Uh, they haven't gotten around to ranking all the JUCO guys yet. So, uh, but 16 commitments for State. 24 seven messing with folks. By the way. Flipping the uh, from the composite to this to twenty four seven rankings. Yeah, they d- something switched there. They didn't. Nobody told us about this. Yeah, and it's you, still if you go if there, you, that's the that's the default. Yeah, ranking now, right? For years, it's so for years when you went to the commit page for your team, it had the composite score. 
Now it has the other score. It has the, the just the 24-7 score. And so people are freaking out because they see Terrence Hibbler and Josh Flowers and P.J. Woodland are all three stars. Yeah. But if you go over and find them, but if you go to the overall ranking page, or, yeah, let's just go here. If you go to the, the, the 24-7 rankings, Mississippi State rank is now down to 31, which is hilarious. Uh, but they have still have six four-stars, according to this. So there you go. Yeah, well, so the the the, the, th- the, the confusion, I think, is Josh Flowers did drop on yes. 247 from a four-star to a three. Yeah. He went from 90 to 88. Right. And, I mean, honestly, I don't really disagree with that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he he's is a still four-star a four-star composite, though. Right. I don't know if he's a if he's a four-star guy. Like mm-hmm. I don't like the production and all. Like, yeah, I he needs to have a big season. Yeah. Um. But yes, I've been I've been irritated by the fact that Terrence Hibbler's an eighty-seven, but he has not moved. That he's been an eighty-seven. Yeah. PJ Woodland has been a eighty-eight. Yeah. Uh, by twenty by two four seven. So it's, to me, it's I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. We'll see. I, how... I don't know why he dropped. Yeah. But when is the SummerSlam cookout? It's next weekend, right? Or is it uh, the weekend after? I can't remember. I think it's the weekend after. I think it's the I think it's the last weekend in July. Yeah. Not... Because you know, because I don't I don't think they would want to come in straight from media days to that. They want to have time to get everything prepared. So I think it's yeah, it's the week. It's like going to be like the um, the twenty. 5th or something, is that right? Something like yeah. that? Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, before we go, we got an opponent preview to get to. Let's just go right into this interview. I talked earlier today to John Neighbors. He covers the Razorbacks for 103.7 The Buzz up there in Fayetteville. His uh, show is called Out of Bounds, which is a great show name, and I would suggest listening to that Out of Bounds show and no other, no other Out of Bounds show would I listen to. I also host the uh, Locked On Razorbacks podcast as part of the Locked On Network. I thought this was a really good interview. You tell me what you think. Uh, this is John Neighbors talking to us about Arkansas. Let's keep going on our opponent preview series. We are at the Arkansas Razorbacks, always a key game for Mississippi State and for Arkansas year in and year out. John Neighbors is joining us. He's the host of Out of Bounds on 103.7 The Buzz, which is the only Out of Bounds I would recommend you listening to. Not any other Out of Boundses. And he's also the host of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. John, thanks for joining me. People who listen to this podcast know that a year ago I was really high on Arkansas. I thought Arkansas could have become what LSU ended up becoming and a team that challenged in the West. Injuries kind of derailed that, specifically to KJ Jefferson. So, like, my first question has to we have to look back. How different is Arkansas' season if KJ Jefferson is just healthy the whole way? I mean, I think it's a huge difference. I know that injuries happen a lot of times in college football and teams have to deal with it, but there's no doubt that K.J. Jefferson, who I think is the best quarterback in the SEC, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC, when he goes out and the backup comes in and it is light years difference, uh, that makes a lot of difference in a lot of those games. You know, Arkansas went 6-6 six and six in the regular season, and when I look back on them and look at, okay, if, if KJ was healthy in these games and that games, which you can't you know, make excuses for, Arkansas still lost them. But right. I mean, you're talking about the difference between a nine and three and six and six year. Cause I believe if, if KJ is healthy against LSU, uh, he, cause he didn't play a single down in that game. Arkansas lost by three points at home to LSU. If he's healthy, they probably win that game. Mm-hmm. If he's healthy against Liberty, which I know he played, but he was not healthy at all. And you could tell it, they probably win that game. Uh, same thing with, uh, Texas A&M and, you know, the play that they had towards the end. So it's just the point is, is that 
they were so close to going nine and three. And it's just amazing how much of a difference it would make if Arkansas would have come up big in those games or at least had a serviceable serviceable backup that would have been okay to come in and kind of take the reins a little bit, but they didn't. So he's a huge factor. He's a huge difference. And last year, if you had him healthy the entire time, I think there's no doubt that we're not talking about Arkansas step back last season. We're talking about Arkansas building into a program that consistent consistently win eight, nine, maybe even ten games a year. We've been having a debate on this show and on Sports Talk Mississippi about the best backfield in the SEC. I think it's it's two contenders: Jefferson and Sanders, Dart and Judkins. Which way would you go? I mean, it's probably going to look at me like I'm biased, but I'm just being <laughs> real about it. I mean. KJ, it's KJ and Rocket. Because uh, again, I I believe that KJ Jefferson is the best quarterback in the SEC, and I don't think you can argue him not being top two or three. And then you have Rocket Sanders, who rushed for over fourteen hundred yards last year. And I know Judkins is really great, and I'm not taking anything away from him. I don't think that uh, you know that Rocket deserved to be number one over him last year in the voting or anything like that because he had a great year. But I think if you're just doing apples to apples comparison. KJ is better than Jackson Dart, and Rocket and Judkins are pretty even. So if you're just doing by mathematics, I would lean towards KJ and Rocket being the better duo in the SEC. What was the bigger loss for Arkansas this offseason, Kendall Browse or Barry Odom? Oh, man. Uh, it's, that one's a tough one because yes. it's almost like... Is the answer yes? Yeah, pretty much both. Yeah, Both of them were, were uh, like losses within itself, but... At the same time, both of them had some major flaws that came out last year. And starting with Kendall Bryles, I, I liked Kendall Bryles. I thought Kendall Bryles maybe a lot of times was unfairly criticized. The only thing that Kendall Bryles that really started getting people against him is some of his questionable play calling on the goal line, especially when, you know, we talked about KJ and Rocket against Missouri last year. You had both of those guys in the backfield. And instead of just using that 550 pounds of force to go in and punch it into the end zone, he decides to run a, a tight end. A Trey Knox coming off the tight end position, going under center and trying to go up. It's just like what? Like what are you doing here? Like stuff like that didn't make sense. And also the lack of development to a backup quarterback last year. That 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 really was a huge knock against Kendall Bryles. Where it's like, okay, you got KJ, but how do you not have a quarterback that's at least okay or at least? able to come in and, and not lose the game. And there was just such a drop off. So I think people are really happy he's gone. And Dan Eno's coming in, I think, is a familiar face who's had success in the SEC. So I think people are really happy with that. And the Barry Odom thing, I think Barry Odom was definitely a, a solid defensive coordinator. That's why he's a head coach now. He got that opportunity. But the disappointing thing about him was kind of the same thing where, yeah, he's the defensive coordinator, but he's also the safeties coach. And when Jalen Catalan went out, yeah. Arkansas safeties were as bad as any safeties I've ever seen in SEC history. They were they were dead last in all of college football in the FBS and pass defense. Dead last. And that is unacceptable as an SEC team. Uh, you know, if you finish last in the SEC, that's one thing. But last in all of college football, giving up over 400 yards a game cannot happen. And that was his position group that he coached. So I think it was good for both sides to kind of move on. I think Arkansas, we'll see if they've actually upgraded fully at both coordinator positions. I like who they hired. I like what they're doing, especially with Travis Williams on the defensive side of the ball. But overall, it was one of those things to where Arkansas could have been okay sticking with them. But I think that for how it all went down, people are fine with the replacements and then moving on from both of those coordinators. 
it felt like last year was the the search to replace Traylon Burks for, for Arkansas, and they didn't do it. They, they had some guys who made some plays in the passing game, but they didn't have that guy that they could just throw the ball up to and feel comfortable. Did they, did they feel like they've got more of a grip on a true passing playmaker? Who are the receivers for this Arkansas team? Well, to be honest, uh, you know, replacing Traylon Burks is, uh, you know, is dadgum near impossible. You know, it's kind of like saying, okay, you got to replace Darren McFadden. You know, it was just he was that level of an athlete to where no matter what team he played on, uh, he was going to be that guy. And everybody knew uh, defensively going against Arkansas, they're like, that's the one wide receiver they have. And we know we got a key on him, but yet he was still having success. So I I think it's just almost impossible to ask anybody to replace him. But I do believe that last season, Matt Landers did a pretty good job. You know, he was a big bodied guy that was able to be a deep threat. Jaden Hazelwood was all right. But that, again, going back to the whole Kendall Bryles thing, is that he seemed like he just wanted to key on just a few receivers, maybe not really throw it around, maybe not have any tight ends, because that was another thing that Arkansas has always been having pride about is the amount of tight ends that they've had through this program. They haven't had that. And this year... They've added a few guys. I think Isaac Tesla is going to be a, a great wide receiver. He's a possession guy. He was a big get out of the transfer portal. I think Tyrone Roden's another one, too. Another huge dude. He's like 6'7". Uh, Andrew Armstrong was another big transfer. So you got these guys that came from smaller schools but are big-bodied guys. And then you have a few guys coming back. But I think the key is going to be that tight end position because you got Varkis Gums, the transfer out of North Texas, who was one of the best tight ends in the transfer portal this past year. You've added him. You added two big-time bona fide four-star tight ends coming out of this fresh uh, high school class that I think are going to be huge playmakers too. So, And with Danny Enos, knowing how he likes to spread the ball around and spread the love, I think that you may not have one target that'll be over 1,000 yards, but this year you're going to have probably four, five, or even six different guys that'll be able to make plays at the wide receiver position or at the tight end position to really help out KJ. You hit on the the issues defensively that this team had a season ago, especially in the passing game. Tell me why this team this year will be better defensively. Because they can't get any worse. <laughs> That's like <laughs> a I, I, great I, answer. Man. <laughs> I, yeah, it's like I hate to use that answer, but it's true. I mean, like I said, yeah. was, they were dead last in the FBS. And I mean, the only way you can go is up. So I, I think that not only that, but what Travis Williams and Marcus Woodson, two coaches that have been brought in, what they have done not only uh, with recruiting, because I think Arkansas's recruiting is done is getting really good, especially in the state of Mississippi. Actually, they yeah. haven't really recruited very well uh, in Mississippi over the past few years. I mean, the only player they had on the state from the state of Mississippi on their team was KJ Jefferson. That was the only one last yeah. year. So yeah. they're trying to they're doing a good job recruiting, but what they've done in the transfer portal and not only building depth but quality depth in the secondary. Uh, has been significant. I mean, they got Jaheim Sanders from Georgia, who was a five-star player coming out of high school. Didn't play a whole lot at Georgia, but hey, it's like Arkansas's fine with taking the second string for Georgia because that yeah. still seems like a pretty good option. Uh, but they got him in there. Uh, they got Alcott from the uh, from Baylor, who's going to play the safety position, who was really, really good last year for Baylor. Uh, he, he's going to be a huge addition. They've gotten a few guys in the defensive line, too. I think Jeff Cote, the kid from Missouri who transferred in, he was a, a all-SEC freshman guy. And he's now on the team. So they built some depth there. Landon Jackson, who was a transfer from LSU two years ago, he's really developed. In fact, he's one of the players that's coming to SEC Media Days with uh, with Arkansas. I, Christopher Pupal at the linebacker position has really grown. They got uh, Dwight McLaughlin back at the cornerback position. Quincy McAdoo, he got in a car wreck. And we still don't know how severe it is. Hopefully he's able to be back because he was really good as a cornerback when he moved to wide rece- from wide receiver. 
So we'll see if he's there. Hudson Clark was really good too. So my point is, they have been able to retain some of the good parts from last year's defense and add in some much-needed quality depth and quality talent at the positions they desperately need. And based on that alone, I'm like, if they're going to be top three in the SEC, probably not, but they don't need to be. Can they be middle of the pack? Can they be that 7-8-9 range defensively? I think they can. I think they will, and I think it's going to make a huge difference for this team. I was disappointed to learn that Bumper Pool was not back for his 17th year of eligibility, though. I, I thought he might want to get that third doctorate while he, while he was in college. I, I, I was I was sad. Man, trust me, me too. I was like, man, if that if there was a way, he would have found he would have found a some, way. <laughs> some sort of loophole, some sort of uh, nil deal. I don't know what it could have Something. been, but that guy, it's like he, he's so beloved, and he, you know he dealt with injury last year, but yeah, it was pretty cool to to see him stay at Arkansas for as long as he did because. Was he an All-American linebacker? Nope, but he was pretty solid, and he loved Arkansas, and he loved playing for him. So Played fans hard. will always appreciate that. He was a good player. What does this year mean for Sam Pittman? You know, after year two, everybody's like, okay, his star's on the rise, and Arkansas's got something here, and you know, they win nine games. And then, you know, obviously with the injuries, they are what they are. But you take a step back in, in year three. What does year four mean for Sam Pittman? Well, to me, this is without a doubt, and again, probably cliche, but this is without a doubt the most important season for Sam Pittman since he's been at Arkansas. Because this year, the schedule is not easy by any stretch. You have a tough stretch in the middle of the year where you're on the road five, five straight weeks, or you're not playing at home for five straight weeks. It's brutal. Mm. But your non-conference schedule is much easier than it's been. Mm. Uh, you get to play at Florida, which Florida could be a good team, but I have no reason to believe that they're going to be world beaters. They had three first-round picks or whatever last year and went six and six, so yeah. who knows what that's going to look like. Um, so I feel like you got an easier schedule. You got the best quarterback in the SEC in K.J. Jefferson. You have Rocket Sanders, one of the best running backs. You got a solid offensive line. You've upgraded at a lot of different positions. And this is the year before the big change in the conference when Texas and Oklahoma joined. So this is the last year of the true and legitimate and original SEC West. So this year is going to be about trajectory because you went nine and four with Sam Pittman two years ago. It was a great year. First time they got into nine wins since 2011. Mm -hmm. And then you took a step back. But if he can bounce back and be able to go in the right direction, when I say that, I'm talking about get to that eight win mark, nine win mark again, show that this was not just a, a fluky year this past two years or anything. I think that it's going to show, okay, he, he's got it. Because you're going to lose KJ next year. You're going to lose Rocket next year. You're going to lose a lot of pieces when Texas and Oklahoma join. And so you're going to not say build back, but it's going to be a little bit of a rebuild by that yeah. point in time. So if you can't do it this year with KJ Jefferson, with Rocket, with the guys that you've recruited, with the coaching changes you made, with the schedule that's a little bit easier, if you can't do it this year and make progress, then it might be time to start thinking about, okay, is this – going to work out with Sam Pittman. I'm not saying he'll be fired, but that's where it'll be. So this is important for him to take those steps, and he he, he knows it. He knows he's got to win games, and they were so close to winning all those games last year that we mentioned, but he's got to show that this is going the right direction. He knows what he's doing because if he can't do it with K.J. Jefferson and all these guys this year, there's no way that he's going to be able to do it the next year with a tougher schedule and having to break in a new quarterback, new running back, a lot of new defensive players and possibly new coaches at that point in time, too. Really good stuff, John. Appreciate your time. John Neighbors, 103.7 The Buzz, and the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on with me. No problem. See everybody in Nashville next week, man. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely. So he just comes out and says it there at the end, Robbie, that this it's not a make-or-break year for Pittman, 
But he has to be good this year. Otherwise, people are going to start saying, okay, was the second year a fluke and, and things like that. And he makes a great point. He's like, if he can't win this year with Jefferson and Sanders, how's he going to win next year without Jefferson and Sanders? I've thought the same thing. I mean, this is kind of like it for them. Yeah. The, like, they they were just meh last year. I thought I, – I wasn't, like, super blown away by them in 2021, but they they won nine games, so it's hard to really uh, diminish that. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were much better in 2020 – um, than their record three and seven, but taking them from what the you know pits of hell in the SEC with uh, uh, what's his name to uh, being competitive in ball games, being in 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 those ball games that they were in was a huge step. Um, Chad Morris, uh, but anyways, yeah. I, this year is it for them. They 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 really need to have a good season. I yeah. mean, nine wins, eight like. I don't Can even know they get if, there? Uh, this is going to be tough. But if you can't do it with Rocket Sanders and K.J. Jefferson and mm-hmm. running, mm-hmm. and I don't know what that offense is going to look like. I mean, yeah, I, mean, you I, heard I, mean, him I have say a decent idea, but... They don't have that standalone Traylon Burks kind of receiver. Right. They, 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 they're going to have to find some guys to do and it by committee. And It's Dan Enos, right? This yeah. offense coordinator. He was there with Brett Bielema. Yeah. A little so more pro style. They ran a... I don't. I don't know if that was Bielema or him. Yeah, that was running that offense. So oh. are they going to run pro style offense? Because if they run pro style offense, yeah, you can't do that anymore. Uh, uh-uh. not with KJ Jefferson. So. And, and I don't. Like, Re- I don't think that fits Jefferson or Rocket Sanders. Really interesting point by John. He said talking about how much better Arkansas has been recruiting the state of Mississippi, and they do have two of the top twelve in the state currently committed this year. But he's like, right now, the only player from Mississippi on Arkansas's roster. It's KJ, KJ Jefferson. That's right. And I all I ever say is I, I didn't say it in the interview, but I always say the same thing. It's like, well, if Dan Mullen had been here, that wouldn't be the case. Right. The state would have won that battle. State would have won. He would have offered him in ninth grade and been like, Yep. Well, that's my guy. Like Arkansas has more resources than Mississippi State and all that. I just don't I don't see Mississippi State losing a whole lot of recruiting battles they should. against Arkansas. They should. So. And they just won one against Tyler Wood. I also don't see them losing this game this year to Arkansas. Yeah, it's gonna be a a big one. Yeah. I, I think it's a must win for State. Yeah. I think I mean, oh, it, it's a huge swing game for I mean, sure. You really need to get that win. I agree. And that's a tough place to play. Yeah. But State went down there in 21 against, in my opinion, a better Arkansas, better Arkansas team, team. Had em, and almost had em. beat them. And I think this team is better yeah. than that team. I agree. The I agree. State team. I agree. We'll see what happens. All right, guys. So what's our next opponent preview? Well, off the top of your head, do you know? Well, we haven't. We haven't said. That's what I'm saying. Off oh, top, it's an order, right? Yeah, it's an order. So who, uh, who do they play before? Now we did Auburn last week. A and M. A and M is after them. So hold on. You're making me do the work again. Gosh. Kentucky. Nah, that's a November one as well. We okay, I've almost ba- named all of the schedule. You have this. I bet you this is Western Michigan. If I had to, if I had to guess here. Uh, Arkansas. It is Western Michigan. Uh, so we'll talk. Can't wait. Talk about the Broncos next week. Well, I guess that's to be. <laughs> Damn it. So normally I just go to SEC Media Days and I'll get an interview somebody. with somebody from whatever school, and it's Western Michigan that week. The one, t- the one game. Me walking around. Anybody ever here ever cover Western Michigan? Know anybody at Western Michigan? <laughs> Help me out here. We'll see what happens. Guys, have a great Thursday. Robbie and I will be back with you on Friday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.
Talk Mississippi Media Production.